This podcast is brought to you by the Department of English Studies at Durham University. To learn more about our research and to download other podcasts, visit our blog at www.readdurhamenglish.wordpress.com. Hello. Gareth Reeves is part-time reader in English at Durham University. His research covers 20th century and contemporary British, Irish and American poetry, and he also teaches the MA module in writing poetry. Gareth Reeves has written three collections of his own poetry, Real Stories, 1984, Listening In, 1993, and most recently, To Hell With Paradise, New and Selected Poems. This latest work includes 25 new poems, as well as a selection from Nuncle Music, a psychodrama voiced by the composer Dmitry Shostakovich. Gareth is going to read ten or so poems for us in this podcast. This poem contains the line that is the title of my recent collection, To Hell With Paradise, and the poem is about looking in the mirror. Crow's foot there, in the mirror, in the flesh, intransigent, inconceivable, inevitable, incontestable, inconsolable, ineluctable, delta of elegance, bird print in the sand, beckoning, All that is worth anything is off the record. To hell with paradise. You have been here before. Clear the palette. Scrub out the blue. And come round to this crow's foot. This double life. Carving its way down the cheek. Beauty and its opposite. And let paradise go to hell. This is one of the new poems from my new and selected poems. It's called The Possible. The Possible holds out her lovely looks. The usual phrases form, the brain dissects. All goes as it was never planned to go, without a hitch, and starts the gorgeous no. That airy sky of blue anticipation, that floating face, misty oblivion, where words are birds and flying is such fun, where ends have been, beginnings not begun. Tomorrow will bring in its yesterday, the serious words we never had to say, and all the silly syllables we did, frolics on talky foam, the look of dread, spiralling spindrift between the here and there, the seas of carefree and of everywhere, to bring us to this pretty pass, these lines of self-denying nonsense with designs. You are to imagine an ATM, a hole-in-the-wall cash machine, speaking this poem. It's titled PIN, as in personal identification number. I get my thrills from his delays. Forgettings, mistappings, his pure absent-mindedness, his frettings and digital lingerings, his nervous fingerings, his decisions not to press error or cancel, his gettings in a muddle until I say, try again, carry on regardless, hoping for the best, sorry, no go, withdraw, I'll eat you, better luck next time, or do you want another service? He finds me frustrating and easy by turns. I find him moving, quizzical, in need of instruction. 
He feels naked before me, a bare forked animal with too many fingers. Sometimes he's trusting, light-fingered, confident. At others, I resist his inept fumblings, holding my secrets, teasing, letting him guess, seeing how long he can hold out before he gives up or remembers. I come to him slowly sometimes, sometimes in a flash. He's getting to know me. Do not forget your pin. This poem was originally published in my 1993 collection, Listening In. The poem is called The Cockroach Sang in the Plane Tree, cockroaches and plane trees supposedly being among the few organisms that could survive nuclear Armageddon. The heat of the moment, the cold stare, the lover's tiff shall cover the earth. All of you, legs, lusts, nerves, good feelings, good looks, genitals, hurts, hearts, shall ascend and spread, shall keep on going round. No one shall start again. No torso shall get caught in the act. Your last meal, petrified in the throat, shall not be analysed. You shall be a flicker on the scan, a shadow punched in concrete. Your DNA shall give its last twist. The end of civilization as we know it, you won't know it. There shall be no unthinkable. All shall be thinkable, atomised to a thought. All shall be vapid. Anything goes because everything shall go. All shall be level, shall be up in the air. No tone shall be suitable. There shall be no tone when the dust settles forever and forever. Now a couple of poems from a short sequence called Going Blind about my partially sighted father, poet and critic James Reeves. This poem from the sequence is called Touch Type and figures my father's typewriter. Phony moose me dry out noosedra sud you fief luzdi humra. Jokes in Jabberwocky, neo-lilliputian, a sort of pseudo-urdu, I thought, until I decoded it. Don't make my house your base as you did last time. The left hand one key to the right for the whole paternal letter. On my next flying visit, I noticed his H and G were green. He'd peer through thick lenses to check the green keys were between his index fingers. Then he'd cock his head and was off. No second look, no proofreading. Brain to fingers, to postman, to reader. When I was five and he was 43, for months a large chart of the keyboard hung over his desk. I thought that this must be what it means to go freelance. The chart was going more and more out of focus. Other people's dads went out to work. Mine went upstairs, where for two years and £1,000 he wrestled with a fat international conspectus of World War II writings, his first commission. Home front piece was broken by orders from on high, Turn it down, I'm earning your living. The home guard was the nearest they'd let him get to the action. 
He was guarding a signal box in case the enemy shunted along. When he woke to someone shouting, wake up, the war's over. He must have rubbed his eyes and blinked at daylight on three sides. After a morning's work, he'd sit back for his eye drops. The first one usually missed, then a bullseye. The typewriter accelerated from popping to a battery. The other poem I'll read from the going blind sequence about my father is called Tentacles. Over the years, my hand ended up in the downward position and he wasn't tugging, but being tugged. This wouldn't do. Gradually, I was guiding him by the elbow, but only at critical junctures and at exactly the right speed, his other hand holding his stick, an extended arm, feeling, inching. Our eight limbs went spidering over the web of the pavement. This poem is set in California. The Bay Area in the poem is the region around San Francisco Bay. The poem is about a neighbour of mine, an animal behaviourist who did research into rats. The situation at the start is that I'm helping him get the rats into a tranquil mood. The poem begins with his voice and it's called Rat Race. Stroke it, stroke, don't for God's sake let it go. Too late, it clawed, drew blood, wrapped and skidded on vinyl, then skulked behind cupboards. That one will be nervy for at least six weeks now. Our neighbour had a wife and a white rat that slept in the bottom drawer, usurping underwear and socks. Rats in a maze. He couldn't bear to make the sleek albino chase cheese down corridors of wire. The landlord, pets forbidden, never saw the rat. It was too quick. Eventually our neighbour was evicted for painting a giant eye on the bedroom window to stop, he said, the couple in the apartment opposite peering in. His research topic was overcrowding. When the cages bulge rats, would they fight, turn cannibal, make love, go mad? He said he could tell a mad rat. From this, of course, the human situation. But we are no more rats than naked apes, I thought. Then he escaped to a Tanzanian rainforest to study the chimpanzee. I think of him in his old oil-squirting car cruising the Bay Area's tangle of freeways, the sun-glinting steel, the bumper-to-bumper -bumper drone, eyes behind glass deliberately not looking into other eyes, friendly, unseeing, alone. And now a few poems from a long sequence called Nuncle Music of quasi-dramatic monologues spoken from beyond the grave by the Russian composer Dmitry Shostakovich. One of his favourite Shakespearean characters was Lear's fool, who speaks unpalatable truths and calls the king Nuncle. Shostakovich's king was uh, Stalin, of course. Hence my title, Nuncle Music. 
This is the sequence's short opening poem. Revolution is the getting of a different set of noses into the trough with a few idealistic outriders to lend authenticity. Composition is the getting of a different set of noises into the air with a few hedonistic flourishes to fend off authority. In the next poem from the Nuncle music sequence, Bloody Sunday in Soviet history refers to an incident in the first 1905 Russian Revolution. In this poem and several others, Stalin gets to be called the Ox. Bloody Sunday? I can do you a bloody Sunday. Every Sunday is bloody. Every Sunday throughout history. Some year, somewhere, 1900 and blah, blah, blah. Here, there, bloody everywhere. All great men would penetrate the cerebral cortex of history. The ox butchers the people. My violin squeals insinuate themselves into your brain cells. The dictator's wet dream means blood on the floor. I pray not to come back to life sometime, spewing harmonious tripe for self-preservation, belchings of the spheres, gargantua for the masses. While orbiting the Earth, the Soviet cosmonaut Yuri Gagarin sang a song set to music by Shostakovich. Gagarin sings my song in space. Mine the first notes ever up there, dwindling beyond the stratosphere, forever while we go on dying and the unborn turn to dust to revolve in their eternal interstellar interludes. Dwindle, dwindle, little star, dwindle in the minor, degrow like a jellyfish, thin to radiant plasma, echo to lovely nowhere. Gagarin sings beyond the skies into galactic platitudes. Composers were known to behave as described in this poem when Stalin, who was a keen doodler, was auditing their work. One day a sparrow flew into my dacha and shat on my unplayed score. If a sparrow dirties your creative work with his, that's no great matter. Much worse is when it is done by personalities more significant than the sparrow. Voices of the disappeared, voices of the dead, their strangled cries tie my guts in knots. They bear no witness except to the ghost brain, their small noise echoing amongst my bombast. They watched our leader's face for clues, then shat in their pants with a great load. The lucky ones were taken out, wiped down, brought back. The unlucky were taken out. The sublime doodler makes us do that. The bigger the grimace, the greater the load. Imagine it tipping the scales against those weightless souls who could not stomach the smell, who sank up to their necks in it. But I, I contained myself, I tell you. That is what you are to believe. 
I rant like this to not go mad, to suffer the ordure, to not stink, not to be one of those who ever stank or sank. Gareth Reeves, thank you very much. To Hell with Paradise, New and Selected Poems is published by Carcane and is available now. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. For more podcasts, or to give your feedback on the podcast you have just listened to, visit readdurhamenglish.wordpress.com forward slash podcasts.